welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. Straight from New York. Yo, yo, this handsome man. You yo, yo. are now tuned in to Al Joe the Funk Master. Watch your grill, you'll get knocked out cold fast. And talking shit, now we talking facts. Where the man are off the back, you in trouble, came to burst your bubble. I don't shelter punches, they find home on your mind about a devil. It's the weekly scraps. You don't need a map, GPS, I'm right here to lead it. That's right. The world doesn't know it needs, but I wrote this. He's planning fuck a name and the fame. Only legacy remains. Remember the name, Al Jermaine Sterling. Uh, it ain't shit, it ain't shit, motherfucker. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps episode 155, UFC Vegas 44 is in the books, and we had a phenomenal main event in Jose Aldo taking out Rafan. Great, great fight, great performance for I don't want to say both guys, but Rafan had his moments. But before we get into that, had a really good week, strong week. Um Next in a great spot, been talking to the matchmaker, just trying to make sure that um, we're staying in contact so we can figure out what the fight date is going to be. Should I say what the fight date is going to be or when? When the fight date is, I think both work. Both of them kind of work. Um, so that's kind of where we're at right now. It's more of a situation, just kind of hurry up and wait. And whenever they tell me, so at this point, I'm kind of just training, staying as ready as it, not even staying ready, getting myself ready as best as I possibly can be. Um, any update on my neck that I can give, and I'm always an, uh, an honest, open book. Sometimes, like after a couple of hard days of working out, which I had last week, um, my neck tends to get like tight in the morning, just a little bit tight, and then once I stretch out, everything loosens up again, and it's back to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, my new regular. So that's where I'm at right now. Uh, we did a bunch of stand-up rounds of sparring on Saturday, and I felt great, man. We went to Syndicate MMA, Marab and I. We went, First, we met up with Jake Shields, Javid, and Amir. We did a little bit of drilling, but then we kind of felt like we were intruding a little bit on their workout, so we headed over to uh, Syndicate MMA just in time to do some of the sparring before the fights, and that's what we did. So we went to the fights. It was myself. I took my neighbor, Taylor, cool as hell, um, first time like hanging out with him. Uh, I believe that was his first time, not first time watching the fights, but the first time being like in a like those type of seats, I guess. So he really, really appreciated that, and I thought that was really cool, you know, to to be able to share that with uh, someone who's never had the opportunity to do something like that before. Um, and uh, Marab came with Tony, we and we sat with um, Tatiana and her friend. So we we had a good time. We were in great company and getting to watch the fight. So we got to chop it up. Everybody kind of giving their insights and thoughts on the fights, what was going on, and that type of thing. So it was a, it was a good day, man. Good day for the fights and just a good overall week of training. Um, super excited to go back home to Long Island this weekend. Uh, Dylan's getting having his wedding. Dylan Montello, <clears throat> the quiet man. Uh, fights at 155, so we have that coming up, and then I'm coming back here, so I'm actually going to miss the MMA Awards, which is going to be this Friday, and uh, obviously for good reason, you know, so I, I got a little skit that I did with uh, Adam Hunter, it's actually going to be pretty funny, I think, depending on how they did the, like, the uh, editing, I think it's going to be hilarious, so I'm actually excited to see how that comes out. Um, just think uh, Henry Sayudo, Ben Askren, Daniel Cormier, when they all did their little um, bits and pieces with those guys. And uh, for the most part, all of them came out pretty, pretty funny. 
So I'm excited to see that. And then obviously we got the fights UFC 269. So we'll break that down later on this week as well. Um, so let's get into it. Jose Aldo, Rafan, great fight, man. From beginning to end, both guys had their moments. But the tail of the tape for me was Jose Aldo looking like bits and pieces of Aldo from different generations. <laughs> I hate even saying generations, but it's hilarious because he's been around for so long. You you saw a vintage Aldo from the WEC days with the leg kicks. You saw a vintage Aldo when he was fighting and just straight up boxing guys and ripping to the body, um, looking for those liver shots and, and things like that where he'd throw that, bolo, those bolo punches like, bam, bam, to the body. Um, working the jab when he could work the jab. Aldo using his grappling. So we got to see everything, you know, a good mix of everything. Uh, and even in the clinch, he didn't look bad as well. I mean, he took a couple of shots. I think it was in that fourth or fifth round from Rafant where he was pinned against the cage for a little bit. But for the most part, we, I mean, he, I don't want to say he pitched a shutout, but he almost kind of did. He was pretty much a step ahead in that entire fight, it felt like. Uh, Rafant had his moments in the first round. <clears throat> and I felt like he was doing some really, really good things. The only thing that uh, was concerning, in my opinion, like, and I'm going to just be, like, just straight up about it. Like, the grappling aspect, I felt like, was very, very glaring for Rob Font. I mean, we saw him against Marlon Marais. When he took him down, he got back up, but Marlon gassed out almost immediately. Aldo had some moments where he had to, like, kind of, like, shake out his arms. You could tell his punches were coming a lot slower after he took Font down and Font was able to get up that one time. Um, and even after the other takedowns, like in between rounds coming back, he recovered pretty good, but the, the punches were a little bit slower. You could tell they had a little, like they lost a little bit of steam and he kind of had to recharge the battery before he would go again. So a couple of those situations, but for the most part, I just felt like Font just really had no idea how to get back to his feet. He was trying to be active off of his back, using elbows and things like that. And he was landing where Aldo was kind of like, I'm just going to chill because I, I already knocked you down. I'm going to chill here. I'm going to go from half guard to full guard, half guard back to full guard. And I'm going to rest and just kind of just win the rest of the round. Coast, save my energy. Smart, high uh, fight IQ, very, very intelligent on his behalf. And uh, not doing too much to get himself out of position or to lose the position. And continued to do what he was doing, which was control him on the ground and beat him up on the feet when he could. Now, they show the stats, and uh, Rafan was about 150-plus strikes to Aldo's about 86. And my roommate and I, Pumi, we were talking about this, and I was like, well, if you, give Font, um, if you don't give Font that first round based on output alone, then... Just because he got hurt, like I, I get that, but it, it, it's still kind of confusing because it's like, well, playing devil's advocate, my fight with Piotrion, I got dropped in that first round after lighting him up the entire first round, and then I, I also got a takedown. I also got taken down, dumped on my head. You got the knockdown, so I'm looking at it. I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm trying to compare the two. I'm like, well. If that's the case, then how did I win the first round? And then we were talking about it. He was like, well, the difference was you got up and you you went right back after him. It didn't look like it hurt you where they could potentially stop the fight. Well, for him, he got dropped. Um, not even got dropped. He got hurt bad where he was doing the kind of like that chicken dance thing, they call it. Um, so when you see that, I guess that is the telltale right there, which makes it look a lot worse. 
And maybe it was pretty bad, and I'm just underplaying it. I have no idea. I mean, I, I saw the chicken dance, but in terms of the output, I'm like, man, it's just kind of crazy how all that work can just get completely erased by one significant strike. And I think that was kind of like the tail of the tape where Rob had the, the volume, Aldo had the grappling, and the more effective shots that were landing, like those bigger uh, bungalow shots, if, as you will. So when I, when I see that, it, 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 it makes me wonder, like in terms of the scoring criteria, you have to really know what the judges are looking for. And in that instance, it seems like the tail of the tape, like in, in terms of the story, that was being written um, throughout the fight was Aldo was landing the bigger, harder shots, and that's pretty much what won him the majority of the fights outside of his grappling when he got the takedowns. And I think um, Font's got to do a little bit of a homework right there because he was doing a great job getting a two-on-one, but then he would go back to guard and kind of accept it instead of like trying to stand up. But then maybe, maybe he didn't want to give up his back because if he gave up his back to Jose Aldo, he probably knows he's going to be there for the re remainder of the round and that's tough to deal with because now you're not even wearing on the guy with elbows from guard. You're not wearing on him with, like, head control or slapping him around, trying to get him to move and make a mistake and then trying to get back to your feet. At that point, the guy's on your back. He's got a body triangle. He's got both hooks in. You're not getting out. So maybe that was the game plan in terms of – not even the game plan, like the fight IQ in that situation where it's like – this is what I need to do. Otherwise, I will be in trouble if I give up this positioning instead because I'm, maybe I'm worse here. Maybe that's what it was. But the fact that you know or knew going in, like the guys at the top of this division, myself, Marab, Jose Aldo, um, uh, I think that's really it in terms of grappling. Even uh, I'll I even throw Cheeto Vera in there. Guys who have solid, strong grappling – that can make you question those type of positions. You should be getting ready for those positions, if that makes sense, you know? Because you know you're going to eventually have to run into those type of problems. So you got to address that. Um, Font did good with the jab. Again, there was parts where, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, like, pick on Rob Font or, or dissect his game and make him sound, because he did some good things. The main thing for me was even when he was utilizing that jab, and he remember he was talking about me in my fight saying, like, I have no rhythm. Where for me, it was like, dude, you don't want to have a rhythm when you fight because it's easier to stop that rhythm. That's how I think. Broken rhythms are hard to follow, hard to catch, timing, super unorthodox, super awkward. But for this, he kind of just kept coming with the jab, and then when he would throw the punches, they were, for the most part, wide shots where Aldo just wing blocks. Boom. Boom, boom, defend, defend, defend. Ooh, ooh, I'm going to weave, curve, out of here. That's what he was doing pretty much the entire time. I mean, again, he landed the jab a couple of times. He did hurt Aldo maybe like once, if I remember correctly. But it was nothing where it was like, oh, my God, he's about to get him out of there. I never felt like that coming from Rob Font when he hurt, uh, when he landed on Aldo, in my personal opinion. Uh, maybe I have to watch it again. Um from a clearer set of lens from like the TV so I could see it a little bit different. Uh, but from live and from what I remember, I, I just don't remember seeing that. And that's the difference for me where I, when Aldo landed, it landed with some significance. And even in the end of that fifth round where he hurt him again, it looked like he was about to finish the fight in the fifth round. That's tough. I don't know where Rob Font goes from here. There's a couple guys, obviously that was number four versus five. Uh, Aldo is now going to take the fourth spot. And he's probably going to have to take on a guy like T.J. Dillashaw. 
And now you got Font. There's Marab. There's Cheeto Vera. Um, obviously, he's going to have to take some time to heal up. Both guys went to the hospital. But again, man, beautiful fight. I just thought it was a very tactical fight from both guys. And Aldo, in terms of his energy consumption, looked great. Did a beautiful and phenomenal job. And again, we got glimpses and shades of Aldo from all the eras that he's fought in, in terms of like just the skill sets of evolution that he's used throughout the years. And it was great to watch and great to see. And for me, that was the first time I think I've ever seen him fight live. Yeah, because it would have been Jose. It would have been Jose Aldo versus Conor McGregor, but we had to go to the UFC watch party instead of actually live because it was sold out and we just couldn't get tickets. And I wasn't as big of a uh, name at that point. I was four zero in the UFC. Just finished Johnny Eduardo a couple of days before end of my contract, so they sent me to the watch party instead. Well, whatever. They sent a bunch of those fighters to the watch party. So that was my first time getting to watch them live. So after the fight, they were walking out, and I got to go over. Um, just shake his hand, tell him congrats. I don't know if he actually understood me, but I mean, at this point, I think he understands basic English like that. And I said, congratulations, um, phenomenal performance. You look great. Uh, and when I say, like, this guy is dense, I, I'm like, do I feel like that when you grab my shoulder? Like, I hope so. Uh, I, touched him on, I touched him on the shoulder. Congratulations, shook his hand. Congratulations. I was like, yo, bro, what the, what are those? Those shoulders are boulders, dog, because that joint looking crazy. <laughs> that joint feel crazy. That joint, that guy was like yoked. I was like, damn, that it's not like just aesthetics, man. That's like real. You're like a boulder. You and Marlon Marais. I'm like, do I feel like that? Obviously, it's your own body, so you don't know. I'm like, shit, I got to go do some some uh, military press and get, and get my shoulders up. Um, because that was kind of crazy. But that was cool for me to just even get to outside of like, um, a competitive standpoint, like, say my appreciations without actually feeling like, oh, we're going to fight at some point. Because we might. But for me, it was more so about just the respect and obviously, legend, man. The guy's a freaking legend. So for me to be able to show my appreciation for watching this guy over the years when I was coming up and when I was in college still, that was cool as hell, you know. And, uh, again, legend. So that was fun for me and just being able to fan out for a bit. Um, the UFC, one of the UFC guys was like trying to stop me because I, I, I think he thought I was going to like try to do something like controversial because he knows we're in the same weight class. I'm like, nah, dude, I just want to say congrats, bro. I just want to say congrats. I'm not going to do like a jumping over the fence and trying to attack him or anything like that. So, yeah. Um, the next fight, uh, Fazee versus Brad Riddell. This one was really, really good in my personal opinion. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I know both guys trained together in, in the previous years before at Tiger Muay Thai. And for both of these guys to perform that the way that they did, obviously Fazeev started to take over where he was landing the clearer, cleaner kicks. <clears throat> and we had one of Fazeev's guy in the back. Um, and I don't want to yell into the mic, so guys, just I'm going to step back. And he just goes, Aah! Aah! And we just kept looking over like, you're not going to stop? you so so you're just gonna keep doing that for the whole the whole entire fight, you know? You, so, so you 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 really not you're not gonna stop. Uh, uh, oh, so we're just gonna keep doing that. All right, all right. I'm just trying to watch the fight though. Uh, but all right, so you're just gonna keep doing that in this quiet ass arena. All right, all right, cool. <laughs> That's what it was the entire time. This guy was just making that crazy ass sound effect. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it means. I don't know if it's their war cry from their country. I think he's a Azerbaijan, a Serbian, um, if I remember correctly. But I'm looking at his flag, and that's not what it shows. Uh, but our guy, what's her name, Nas, Nasim, 
It says he's from Kyrgyzstan. So I don't know. Um, Nas always posts pictures. I guess he might have family that was born there kind of thing. So I think there's some type of connection because Nas always posts him um, and always posts the flag. So I guess there's some type of connection with with Azerbaijan. By the way, he looked great, man. Tactical fight from beginning to end. Riddell started, you could tell he was like starting to question himself in the in those exchanges where he didn't start he didn't throw as much as he was before. He came out hot in that third round and then kind of lost that steam almost right away after like the second or third exchange. I think he got cracked with something good and kind of was like, all right, I'm gonna chill. Um one thing that was a little bit weird to me was Riddell got a nice clean takedown. Fazeev did a good job turning and get back to his feet and was in like a, a all force position. And Riddell just kind of just like, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. And then went to t- try to take him down again, which I didn't really understand. I didn't know if it was like maybe something he knew from training. Um, I can't do anything to him here, or maybe I I want to try to take him down cleaner and get on top and like in guard because I could beat him up there as opposed to being on his back in that all-fours position. So I don't know what that was. I thought he could have maybe Matt returned him, looked for a couple of uh, kicks in that that back control position, like just kicking out the ankles, some calf kicks and stuff like that, just really trying to inflict damage and take the free shots, as you will, uh, where he could. Because clearly on the feet, it was a lot harder for him to really get off those strikes and those combinations where Fazeev was landing those nasty switch kicks you never see anybody who really throws like just naked kicks and get away with it. They either get it checked or they hit their foot. But Fazeev would just throw it, just boom, boom, hey, whatever that sound effects that those guys make. And then land, flush, clean. I'm like, all right, that was a clean-ass body shot. I don't know how many of those he can actually take because he is throwing some heaters on that. And even when they were swinging, man, there was just boom, boom, boom. If there was a connection, there was a miss, I was like, how? there's no way this fight's going to go three rounds. And then, boom, just like that, at the end of the third round, towards the end of the third round, Fazeev catches Riddell circling out to his right, which is Fazeev's left. And as he's circling out, he steps in, turns, uncoils, boom, spinning back, wheel kick, lands flush, heel, looks like it it, it crushes him flush on the jawline. And it was one of those shots where you get hit, kind of like the Shane Burgos, Edson Barbosa fight, where he got hit, and it, it took a like a second or two to register. But you knew he was hurt because as he got hit, he was like on autopilot on like that that uh, airplane mode where it was just like, doom. what's that window sounds like? Doom, 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 doom. I, I hope I didn't butcher that sound. Doom, 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 doom. <laughs> but he got hit with that and just kind of just like freeze, kind of, I don't know what he did with his hand or what he was trying to say. If he was like talking to him or talking to his corner or the ref, it, for me, it was like live. It looked like he did one of those like, I'm good. I'm straight. And that kind of reminds me of that spinning 360 kick Zabit hit me with. It hit me in the back of my neck. And I ducked my head. And I closed my eyes. And then when it hits me, I just go like, I get like this buzzing sensation in my head. Like, mm. you ever hit like a thing, like a like one of those cartoons when they when they hit the, the bell and it goes like, Dung. That's how I felt. So I felt like I, as soon as it cracked me, because I didn't see it, my head was ducked, my eyes were closed, and then I opened my eyes and it was like, dung. <laughs> and then I did the same thing. I kind of like, I'm on pause, and I'm just like, 
I'm good. Like I'm I'm okay. I'm gonna just sit here right now. <laughs> That's what that kind of looked like. And uh, thankfully, the ref jumped in and didn't let him take too much um, damage after that because. Uh, that could have been really bad, especially when your body is not like you're there, but your body isn't able to respond or react to what you're telling it to do because you're just on that pause slash airplane mode kind of kind of a vibe, you know. But Fazeev looked great, man. I, that guy is going to be a handful for anyone in this division at this point. I think he's really starting to come into his own. Uh, I think he only lost one at this weight um, to Magomed Mustafaev and spinning back kick. And punches. So I got to go back and look at that fight and see how he was caught with that. Because after that, he beat Alex White, the KZ, Moicano, Bobby Green, now Brad Riddell. And he's creeping up on the top of that division. So keep your eyes out for this guy because he is fun to watch and must see TV, in my personal opinion. Beautiful technique. Uh, we're not going to do all these fights on this cards, but Jamal Hill lands a beautiful check hook. And while he lands a check hook, he kind of gets hit with a glancing hook himself. But his lands right on the button and super early in that first round. What is it? 48 seconds. Uh, maybe it wasn't super early, but it was in the first round. Um, oh, no, that was early in the first round. Yeah, that was early. 48 seconds. Because sometimes you you read this clock and, yep, okay. So really early in the first round, he caught him with that, that nasty check hook. And, and that was it. And it was one of those unorthodox strikes where it just kind of just like, oh, hold that. That, it it kind of reminded me of one of those hood punches, man, where guys are, like, scrapping. Their hands are up, and they do one, and you're like, yeah, take that. And they're like, mm, mm, mm. yeah, hold that, hold that, hold that. So that's what kind of what that reminded me of. Uh, if you know, you know. And he just caught him with that, mm, sat him down, and uh, took Jimmy Crute out. And I, I thought Crute was going to be able to get him down and use utilize his grappling, and this would have been a very, very interesting fight. Now, Crute, man, back-to-back -back losses after back-to-back -back wins tough position for him to be in because I still think and he's still young man what is he 20 25 so in that regards he's still got a lot of room for growth we've seen this before look at Charles Oliveira guy was so up and down came in on dynamite then had like a, a rough skid rough patch and came back again uh, lost to Holloway lost to Cub Swanson lost to Paul Felder lost to Frankie Edgar now look at him UFC world champion taking on Dustin Poirier uh, actually this weekend. Um, Clay Guida. Clay Guida versus Leonardo, Leonardo Santos. I don't understand what's up with this Santos guy. He fights like once every full moons or some shit. I, and not like every, like once every like leap year. That's what it feels like because I, When's the last time we seen him? Oh, actually, he fought twice this year. He fought in 2021. Okay, so maybe I'm maybe I'm talking shit for no reason. So he fought in March, and he just fought this December. But before that, he fought in in 2020 in July, and before that, he fought once in 2019, and before that, he fought Adriana Martinez back in 2016. So yes or no? I mean, I am kind of right. You know, he fought Kevin Lee in 2015, then fought in 2016, then fought in 2019, then fought in 2020. So it's a very on and off kind of a schedule for him, which I don't really understand what the heck. Um, I think he's a very talented fighter. So what are we doing? Like, get in there and make your money, brother. Um, but back-to-back -back losses to Clay Guida and Grant Dawson and two finishes in a row. <sighs> Clay Guida getting 
let's be honest, he was getting that ass lit up early and toughness could not define anybody else better than Clay Guida getting through that adversity and coming back and weathering that early storm where it looked like he was finished maybe three or four times where the ref could have been like, all right, this is good. Like, I even stood up at a point and I waved my hand like, yo, man, this is crazy right now. What are we doing? Like, this guy is, I think, 40 years old um, and we're letting him get hit like this. Yeah, 39. Oh, yeah. He's about to be 40 years old in two days. December 8th. At least that's what it says on topology. So, yeah, I'm just like, dude, this is this is okay. We don't need to see this guy get hammered anymore. It, he's, you know, he's a legend. Let him, like, we can stop this. And Leonardo Santos is 41 years old. Wow. Empty the gas tank. Somehow Guida survived. Came back in that second round. Took him down twice. The second takedown was all he needed. Or should I say the first round he took him down? And then the second round he took him down again and picked up where he left off. And that last takedown, he was able to get him get on his back. And sink in the rear naked choke. I, I think it was like almost a palm to palm. And then he switched it over into a traditional rear naked choke and got uh, Santos to eventually tap. Who is a jujitsu wizard, but the guy was exhausted. He went for broke. It was like in the practice room where you, the coach is like, ground and pound and burn out as hard as you can. All right, 10 seconds left. That's what it looked like the coach told him 10 seconds left five different times. <laughs> and if you ever, like, wrestled or competed where your coach is, like, telling you you're about to be done, this is the last one for the last sprint, everything you got, everything you got, and then you sprint and give everything you got. And the coach says, one more. And then you're like, ah, okay, I can do one more. And then you sprint, and then you give it everything you got again. And then you get to the line and say, coach goes, I didn't like that. One more. <laughs> That's what that looked like. And then Santos was just like, my arms are heavy, knee weak, knees weak, knees weak, arms are heavy, vomit on my sweater already. Mom's spaghetti, I'm nervous. I can't do anything else because my arms are heavy. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this. It was just ridiculous. This, like, that's how many times this guy gassed himself out trying to finish the fight. And at that point, it was like he couldn't even really hold his arms up anymore. And that was pretty much the opening that Clay Guida needed to get that fight done. Um, big shout out to the action man, Chris Curtis, big win over a tough guy, Brendan Allen, who I thought, I was like, dude, this is a really dangerous fight. Brendan Allen, only 25 years old. He was on a two fight winning streak over Soriano and, uh, Carl Roberson. And before that, he lost to Sean Strickland. And before that, he beat Dawkins, Breeze, Holland, Aaron Jeffrey in the contender series and three other wins on LFA. So he was a prospect to watch. Only losing to uh, Sean Strickland. Now losing to um, the action man, Chris Curtis. So tough, man, because he was on a nice little run outside of the Strickland loss. And Chris Curtis, I, I think he's a welterweight. And he's up at, up at 185 two different times. Phil Hawes. Um, 185 Phil Hawes and Brandon Allen 185 um, he fought Kenny Robertson let me check the weight class on this one welterweight yeah because you could see the clear size um, disadvantage or advantage for the other the other guys that he's been fighting he hangs in there and finds a way and eventually claps these guys and puts them away because that was some crazy ass shit so he beat Darren Smith Jr. Kyle Stewart 
um, Medina, Hatch, Robertson, Phil Halls, and now Brendan Allen. Dude, congrats to him because at 34 years um, old, wasted no time once he got into the UFC and did his thing. And now look at him, man. How you like me now? How you like me now? Um, and that's what this opportunity is all about, man. You Sometimes you get in there, you got to just do what you got to do. Um, the, the Alex Morano fight, fun fight, him and Mickey go back and forth. A lot of um, good action in that one. Uh, Todorovic beating our guy, Maki Patolo. That's a tough one. Um, I think Maki just kind of had a little bit of a, a brain fart where he, he pulled for that guard on the, uh, the guillotine instead of getting his legs back and defending the takedown and then eventually got choked um, with the, uh, the ground and pound. I believe it was a submission. Ground and pound TKO. No, it was a ground and pound TKO, yeah. Uh, defending the choke. He got flattened out a couple of times. So I, I think it's a little bit of a grappling um, positional thing for him that he needs to work on. And I think he can get right back to um, being in the UFC. I, I mean, obviously I hate saying this because I'm not the boss, but you would think like after four losses in a row, they're more than likely going to cut him. And, yeah, it's unfortunate, man. Uh, Maki's my guy, but he lost to Darren Stewart in a fight that he was winning. He lost to Kasanganai in a, a fight where Kasanganai was controlling for the most part. He lost to Julian Marquez in a fight he, where he was winning really big, and then now he lost to Todorovic in this situation. So, congrats to Dusko. Big win for him because he needed that as well. Um, we were hoping that Maki was going to be able to send him to the Neptunes. That would have been his third loss in a row, but he picks up a big win, much-needed win for Dusko. Um, next one, Manel Cop Looked great. In the beginning, it was it looked like Zalgas was going to have his ways, was landing with some serious heat and super fast and super precise. And then the Sarboy took his time, Cape circling, using the perimeter, picking his shots, getting out of the way just barely with some of those shots that were just grazing past his face. And eventually, he found his kill shot, hurt Zalgas, Got him against the cage, lit him up, lit him up, and put him away. Um, beautiful work. The star boy, I think that's two in a row. Two in a row now. Ode Osborne until two finishes back-to-back -back in round one. So good good stuff from him, man. Um, obviously, we have Barbarina. He looked great. Cheyenne Vilsmus looked great over Mallory Martin. William Knight, fun fight over Manifield. Claudio Polis, um, nasty knee bar finish. And, of course, our guy Vince Morales over at Syndicate MMA gets a big win over Louis Smoker, knocks him out out of the clinch, um, hits, a, gets a, hits like a beautiful overhand right and drops him. So, over, overall, man, fun fight. We had a great time. Um, we got to hang out, everybody. I got to hang out with some of the guys over at the bars, 595. 595 craft bar, um, nice little small tap bar with like a bunch of different beers. Got to hang out there, um, hung out with some of the fighters a little bit later. Went to Becca's last night, um, chilled out over there, got some good food. Now, this week, clean it up, have one more rager this weekend with uh, the team. It's going to be a team outing. Everyone's going to get crazy, so I'm excited to hang out with everyone and get everyone together in one room again. And uh, from there, celebrate a good thing in... Dylan tying the knot. And after that, it is back to work again. So I already started my training camp. I sparred three times this past week. And uh, so far, so good. 
I'm, I'm definitely feel like they do this open mat sparring. Um, I did four rounds. I did five rounds at Extreme on Tuesday. It was tough though. And then at um, Syndicate on on Thursday, I I did well. The first the first round was off, and then I did four back to back. The first round I did with Jay. I did two with Marab back to back, and then I did one with this. And at the first round I. I did with this girl. She was like, let's just work a little light. She just had surgery on her shoulder. So we did that one. That was like a warm-up round for me because I got there a little late. Then I worked with Jay Perrin. I think his last name is Perrin, um, the Joker. And then I went with Marab, the two, the, the, my technically second and third round. And then I went with this other young kid, um, Italian kid, the Berserker. And uh, I felt good that last round with the Berserker after going to it with Marab and, and Jay. Those were a little more contested, especially when the bar Face mask to protect my stitches so I didn't get... The stitches were out, but I just wanted to protect my mouth from getting a clean shot where I, if I get hit in the cross or something, my teeth reopens the cut or something, you know? So I think it's pretty much good to go now in terms of impact. But that bar tires you out because you can't see anything. And I was already exhausted because I'm like, I'm just getting into this. So to do those rounds, and of course with Marab working to take downs, grab, I was a little fatigued, but I thought I would have been way worse, and I'm just glad in terms of my progression. And then on Saturday, as many rounds as I was able to do, I think it, I think we did 10 three-minute rounds. So that gave me a lot of confidence. Like, okay, man, my output for stand-up is really good right now. And right now, just got to keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. So as always, guys, don't forget to hit that like button. I'll see you guys later. If you like my shit, subscribe to my shit, or spin it back, fish, baby. I'll see you guys later. Peace.